Welcome to the Center Branch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Good to be here. If you're a guest with us this morning, we're extra honored that you're here with us. You know, it's going to be a good Sunday. The Bible says, as Pastor Christina mentioned just a few minutes ago, that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of God. So we're going to do some flourishing this morning. Can you say amen? It's going to be a great Sunday. If you don't know me, uh, my name is Josiah. I'm the youth pastor. Uh, so this will be my <laughs> a little youth blurb. Um, we have, uh, we have youth on Wednesdays. We have the best youth ministry in the entire world, the best youth students. Uh, I'm saying not because of us, but because of the students. They love the Lord. I mean, these, they make leading, you know, leading youth easy. Uh, we have a ton of fun. Uh, on, on May 10th, we're going to have a dunk night. We're going to have a basketball dunk competition th- for a chance to win a, a pair of dunks. If you don't know what dunks are, it's because you're not a teenager. Um, and, uh, and then we'll have Oreos. You're going to dunk them in milk and chocolate milk and white milk and uh, have a, a lot of fun. But we go after the things of God hard. The students are passionate. And so we would love to have you, if you're a teenager, 7th grade to 12th grade, uh, we have youth every Wednesday. This week is everyone night, so we're still here, but every Wednesday uh, at 7, we'd love to see you there, 7th grade to 12th grade. Uh, you know, we have a, an awesome youth ministry, but really, we've got an, an incredible church uh, that we're blessed to be a part of. Uh, you know, before I was ever on staff, I made this my home church, just because the people here are phenomenal. I mean, they just love the Lord. You guys, I'm complimenting you. You love the Lord. Just It's, it's an amazing environment to be in that you don't get in other churches. You don't. Uh, and so we have an awesome church, and we really have an awesome pastor, uh, pastoral staff, and, and lead pastor. Pastor Luke and Beth are, are just incredible. I mean, they, they, we hit the jackpot with them. I mean, really. I mean, they're, they're yeah. They're... Uh, Super anointed, wise. They love. They love God. They love people. Man, they love people. And so we're really, we're really blessed uh, to have them truly as our as our lead pastors. Uh, and so. Pastor Luke has, has started a series a few weeks ago that we're calling Almost Heaven, and we're playing on this idea that like West Virginia is, is all, you know, like almost heaven, West Virginia, you know, uh, and we're, we're saying really, you know, we don't want this just to be like a, a nice idea for West Virginia if we had some nice, you know, some nice mountains and tourist attraction and things, uh, but it's like really, you know, we want this to, to be a reality, that it's actually almost heaven because when you look around and it's not that hard to see, it's like people are hurting. People need Jesus. Um, And, you know, there's a drug epidemic in West Virginia that's terrible. Fatherlessness is rough. Uh, But then, you you know, you're surprised. You'd be surprised at the amount of people that you think they're fine and everything's yeah. good, but it's like they, they need God. You know, it's like, well, they, you know, they, you know, they live in Bridgeport, so they're doing nice. No, people need Jesus. They need Jesus, and, and so we want to bring that to them. You know, the Bible says, uh, as Jesus, when he was teaching us to pray, he says, uh, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. So it's our job to pray and to see to come to pass God's will being done on earth just as it's done in heaven. So this isn't just like a nice idea for, for the state of West Virginia. This is really a mandate that goes right along with the gospel, the great commission for us to see West Virginia become almost heaven, almost heaven. And so Pastor Luke was speaking, you know, that starts, you know, we wanna see revival go out, but it starts in here first. It starts in here personally, because revival isn't just a thing that happens. You know, there's not two spirits. There's not the Holy Spirit and then revival. There's one spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And so it, revival happens and change happens and, and, you know, complete community transformation. The state of West Virginia is going to get saved whenever we personally catch the fire of God, when we personally get revival. And then also with us corporately as a church, we've got we've to get it right in here. Because if we go out and win the lost and then bring them back to something that's dry and dead and nothing, then we're just really, we're really doing them harm. You know, as the Bible speaks to the Pharisees, you know, Jesus says, you guys are crossing land to sea to make one convert, but then you make them twice the child of hell as you are. You know, we don't want that. We want to see, we want to have a church that's vibrant, a church that's passionate, a church that loves people, a church that, that goes for the things of God. And so we've got to get, we've got to get it right in here. Uh, the first week, Pastor Luke also talked about the idea of desire, We've got to have desire. And he said, he said this, I thought was great. He said, people tend to want a deep level experience with Jesus, but at a lukewarm cost. Meaning people are only, most of the time, only willing to put in a little bit of effort to actually see the thing come to pass that they're wanting to, actually, to see to come to pass. Um, and so he, he went on to give a, an analogy of like a car. And he says, it's not until my desire for buying the car outweighs the cost that I'll be willing to actually make the purchase. You know, and so it's the same spiritually that we, we've got to have a desire that's burning hot, a desire that's stronger than whatever cost might be in front of us to pursue the things of God, a desire like that. And so I, I want to speak today to that element of desire and passion and tenacity and zeal, because I really believe that it's the make or break it element in us seeing West Virginia become almost heaven in us having a fantastic church, in us, and we, we already have an amazing church, but, you know, I, I don't, I, it, it, God wants to do more, you know, and, and so it, I believe it's the make or break it element. We can't be open to revival. We can't be open to, oh, yeah, it'd be great if we had a church of like a thousand strong. Man, it'd be great if we had three services, four services, if we had a new building. Man, wouldn't that be cool? We can't be open to it. This is something we've got to run after with everything that we have. Look with me in your Bible at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. First Corinthians 9 verse 24. It says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Everybody say run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So he says, run to win. He's talking about zeal, right? Passion and energy. A run, run to win. So what are we winning? What are we winning? Well, we're winning heaven, right? We're winning heaven. We want to make heaven. That should be our first priority, heaven, making heaven personally. But man, there's a lot more after that. 
There's a lot more, and religion will just make it just about heaven. No, it's, a really, it's about other people making it to heaven too. And it's about us living in our purpose and in our calling and in the assignment of God that's on each and every one of our lives to actually see people get saved, to, see, to have a family. What's, what's winning? Raising a family that loves the Lord. Having kids when you're, when you're 70, 80 years old that love the Lord. Having their kids and their kids that love the Lord. That's winning, right? What's winning? Winning is whenever we identify our purpose and go after it with everything that we have. So he says, run to win, run to win. So it's a running, running. Walkers, walkers aren't winners. I don't know if you've ever been in a race before in a 5K or a 10K, but you'll have people that are running, then you'll have people that are walking. And the people that are walking they're like the happiest people on earth is, you know, the people that are running, I've been in a few races and it's like the morning of, you're like, what am I doing? Why am I in this race? But the people that are walking, they're just like getting coffees and they're just like enjoying the birds, you know, oh, I, said, no, I never noticed that on that building before. That's great. You know, they're not in it to win it. They're, they're just in it. They're, they're on the path. They're in the race, right? They're in the race. Like, oh, yeah, I'm working toward heaven. They're in the race, but they're not in it to win it. They're not in it to win it. we got to run to win. So, and really, if you think about it, there's even a difference between running and running to win. Between running and running to win. You can jog and run, but then when you run to win, there's a tenacity. There's a drive. The reason why is because in order to, to run like that, you, it's hard. It takes a, a great deal of of effort and pushing past all the terribleness and discomfort and pain to, 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 to do it. You know, whenever you start running and you're, you're pushing for it, you're out of breath. You know, if we were to all stand up and sprint from one side of the room to the other, we'd all be out of breath. You know, you feel it, you feel it. And then as you keep on going, then you start getting stitches in your side and then your legs start cramping. You know, it's, it's painful. And then you think about, okay, that's even in the race, but runners and winners, they, they're doing stuff even before the race. They're training. They're, you know, uh, Pastor Luke, I don't know what I was thinking. He talked me into running a marathon in 2020. Uh, thank God COVID came because then I didn't have to run. But so I got up to, you know, about a half marathon worth in mileage. And so the race was in, the race was in May, the end of May. So we were having to train through the winter you know, right after the 21 day fasting in January, we just went right on it and we're running. So I'm out there running through rain and snow. And I'm like, you know, Pastor Luke, you know, uh, just uh, and so you're, you're having to push past all of that stuff to actually run hard, to actually to actually run to win. So he says, run to win, not, not just not just, uh, you know, get, you know, just give it a nice pace. You know, just put, you know, put forth a little effort. No, he says with everything, you've got to run to win. Now, this isn't just an idea that fits with, with running. This is an idea that really follows us in everywhere of life, every sphere of life. I, I have a cousin who several years back, he started an Edward Jones business. And I remember uh, one, in particular one summer morning, whenever uh, he, he had pulled into our house and we were outside like cutting grass or something. It was eight or nine o'clock in the morning. And he pulled into our house. We lived in Staley. And uh, he, he, we're like, hey, what, like, what are you doing here? And so he, 
he said, oh, I'm gonna go walk Staley. I'm gonna go walk and go house to house. And he was doing that in every neighborhood, taking the whole day and walking house to house. He didn't come back until like late that night. So he was out through afternoon, didn't eat lunch, out in the evening, didn't come back till it was dark, giving it everything that he had to see success in the business. He wasn't just like, hey, that'd be great if I like, if I had a, a successful business, oh, that'd be good. No, he's like, he understands, I've gotta put forth some effort into this. There's something that I've gotta do. I've gotta I've got, I've got go after this with everything that I have. You know, uh, I, I played sports growing up in high school and it's the same thing in sports. You know, uh, on the football team, you have pr- two-a-day practices. Sometimes you have three-day practices. I was on the swim team. So, uh, you know, in the, in the winter, I had two, two practices a day. And then in the summer, we had three-day practices. They, have you ever been in the VA pool before it transformed into like what it is now? That water was freezing. It was like they thought to just have a continual like air conditioner running in the water. It doesn't make any sense. It was freezing. And so we'd have to be in there. At six, at six we were in the pool. And before that, we'd have to run a lap around the, the VA track. And there was this one dude. He like ran into speed, though, just to be funny. Like, what are you doing? Uh, and... And so, you know, but we're putting forth that level of effort and going after it. Why? Because we want to win. We want to win. We don't want to just settle and be mediocre. We want to win. And it's the same thing in, in the kingdom of God. It's we've got to have a drive and a tenacity and a passion and a zeal about us because, you know, we, we can't win. We can't walk and think we're going to win, you know. The Bible is very clear on this. I'm going to read through just a few passages here in just a minute. But there, we, can't, we can't think that, that just by walking and taking it easy and being comfortable with church and, and Christianity, how, how we've been like trained to think that we're going to ever see anything, ever going to see God do anything great in our, in our church, in our community. And he wants to, you know, I'm not trying to diss it. God's done incredible things, but he wants to do more. He wants to do more. And so we've got to have a passion and a zeal about us that says, God, I I need more. I need more. We're believing. We're saying it uh, all all the time this year. Unusual spiritual progress. Unusual spiritual progress. We've got to put forth some effort. Paul, in that scripture, he says, he says, uh, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. He's like, I'm living on purpose. I'm not just like doing this. I'm not just punching the air, just like having fun. So I'm running with purpose in every step. Pastor Christina was just speaking about purpose just a little bit ago. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm living on purpose. I'm living on purpose. There's something that we have to do. There's something we have to do. Walkers aren't winners in the kingdom of God. There's some, there, it takes like a great deal of intentionality, a great deal of discipline, a great deal of energy. I've heard it said like this before, that, that hell is to drift and heaven is to steer. Hell is to drift, heaven is to steer. If, we, if we're in this thing to win it, if we really believe that God has something great for this church and something great, which means something great for us as individuals, then we've got to run with everything that we have. In Isaiah chapter one, verse 19, just a few scriptures that, that present this idea. Isaiah 1, 19. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the lands. If you're willing and obedient, willingness is just openness. Willingness is just, yeah, that'd be a great idea. It'd be a great idea to be anointed. Man, it'd be great. I'm, you know, I'm open to the idea of, of seeing people get saved. Yeah, I, I like to see a thousand strong in our church. That's willingness. That's willingness. But it's not just an openness. It's not just a willingness. He says, willing and obedient. 
It takes a, a, an excessive amount of corresponding action to what we're willing to see come to pass. Because you have people that would just come to church and just, they just stand there, hold the, and during worship, just hold the top of the, hold the top, top of the seats, like, eh, okay, you know. They're not willing. Well, they're certainly not gonna see anything come to pass in their life. So you've gotta be willing. But we're willing. You're here this morning, so you're willing. But it takes obedience, an excessive amount of corresponding action to actually see this thing come to pass. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 is another scripture. This is Jesus talking and he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. So, so he says here, he says, with our minds, with our soul, with our, our heart. He didn't say in, he says with. You know, loving God in our heart, that's what most people do. Okay, yeah, I love God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I want to see people get saved. It's just like a mental ascent. It, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's a good idea. You know, I, like, I'm down for that. That'd be great. He didn't say in our mind or in our heart, like, or with our, you know, with our mouth, we're just like talking about it, something that we just say. No, it's, it's with. In is, is an agreeableness. With implies action. With, with implies action. So what's that like? Here are some examples. With, with our heart. We love the Lord with all of our heart. That's like uh, Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. If you remember the story, whenever she was praying for a son, she had her heart engaged in it. She wasn't just like, hey God, uh, can I get a kid? No, she was like, if you remember the scripture, she was so passionate, so engaging her heart that, that Samuel thought she was drunk. She was like mouthing and crying, mouthing the words and crying and just going for it. That's engaging her heart. She was loving the Lord. She was pursuing God with her heart. It wasn't just like, oh yeah, God, I'd like to have a kid. No, with everything, God, I've got to have a kid. Love the Lord with all my heart, all my soul. Soul, that's like, that's obedience, that's obedience. That's being, that's being willing to obey God and live righteously, being willing to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives, to quit this job or quit this relationship or pursue this thing. It's, it's, a, it's a willingness to obey God. All of our heart, our soul, our minds, that's, that's actually with our, our brain, you know. That's opening up our Bible in the morning, taking time to read it. You know, using our head, taking time to meditate on it and to think about it. That's using our mind, using our strength with, with our strength. That's, that's fasting. You know, that's fasting. You feel it when you're fasting. You feel it in your strength. You know, that's why I, I like, I hate it every time it snows because it's like, I don't have any energy physically, but it's a great reminder. Like I'm loving God with my strength. I'm loving God with my strength. This isn't just something that I'm like, is a good idea. I'm putting forth the effort. And it's like an encouragement. I'm putting, I'm loving God with my strength. Yeah, you know. And, and then it's also, you know, getting out of bed in the morning. You know, ugh, just peeling yourself off of the sheets. Yeah, that's loving God with your strength. But then it's not just like with our strength, with our mind, with our soul. It's with all. With all. With all, I don't know if you've ever talked with someone before that was like zoned into their work. Like you're like telling them the story, telling them the story, and like eventually you realize they're not listening to a word I'm saying. 
And so then you say their name a few times, you know, Savo, Savo. He's like, oh, what? Sorry. I was just, sorry. I was, I was just like, I was encompassed in this. I was like thinking about this. He was using all of his mind, right? Using all. He had no mental faculties in anything else. All of his mind, all of his mind. Or, you know, in strength, if you go to the gym or if you've ever seen some of those deadlifting videos on YouTube, those people look like they're hurting themselves. You know, with all of their strength, you have people that just, you know, they're bench pressing and it's like, oh, okay, I'm like repping it out. And then you got people, they're, lift, they're lifting stuff and it's like their head, you know, their, their face turns red and the veins start popping out. Of, I got a little lightheaded just doing that. Their veins start popping out of their, their neck. And uh, I'm not kidding, I did. I like, oh, geez, I better get a drink of water or something. And, and, uh, and, and so they're putting forth, they don't have any strength left. They're putting everything they have into it. Everything they have into it with all of their strength, with all of their strength. And so, you know, you apply that spiritually. We had, we had like an all night prayer night uh, a few weeks ago. And I, I remember just like listening to some of the Seastom students talk that were involved in it. You know, they were staying up all night praying. And then many of them had jobs the next morning. And so that's, that's loving God with all their strength. It's like, I'm going, I don't care. I don't care that I've got to go to a job in the morning. I'm going to put, I'm going to love God with all of my strength, with all of my might, with all of my soul. I'm going to love Jesus. And I'm going to see the things that God has for my life come to pass. We're going to see West Virginia shaken by the power of God. As we begin to press in to the things of God, like never before, then we're going to see results like we've never seen before. Cause that's what it takes. It takes us being willing to do what we've never done to see results that we've never seen. And so when you begin to think, all oh, my mind, all oh, my heart, all oh, my soul, good God, that's uncomfortable. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. Running is uncomfortable. You know, you feel the pain of it. It's like, oh, my side hurts. I want to quit. Oh no, I want the trophy. Oh, I'm get, oh my leg is cramping. I don't care. You know, ask Jamie Travel said, the runner extraordinaire runs for like 170 million miles in a race. You just press. You just, you don't care. When you run to win, you don't care. You, ju you press past un uncomfortability. We, you know, the flesh wants to be comfortable. You know, we don't like to wake up and pray. You know, we don't like to. I'm, I don't like to. It's not fun. You don't ever get to a point. You talk to experienced runners and like, oh, you know what? I just, I don't feel any pain anymore. Just like this, sprinting is so comfortable. Nobody does that. You know, you always feel the discomfort in it. You will always feel the discomfort in it. And so we've got to have a tenacity, a desire that's greater than the cost, as Pastor Luke said, to be willing to go past whatever discomfort is, is we're experiencing to, okay, you know what? I don't really want to wake up and pray, but I'm going to wake up and pray. I'm going to, I don't really want to fast, but I'm going to fast and pray and seek God. You know, you know what? I don't really, I would rather stay up late and watch Netflix movies, but you know what? I'm going to go to bed at a good time. You know, it's, it's being willing to pay the price of discomfort to be able to see the things that God wants to happen come to pass. You know, it's like, well, you know, if I, if I live like that, my kids are going to miss some ball games. Good, good, good. You know, let's get them in church. It's like, well, we can't do, we, you know, we can't be in church all the time. Why not? Why not? 
We're, you know, we're not just running for fun. There's an eternal prize. There's, we're talking about heaven here. We're talking about heaven. And chances are your kid's not going to be a star football player anyway. You know, and I hate to break it to you. You know, this is the youth pastor coming out in me. I've like lost all level of professionalism. I don't even know where I'm at anymore. And so the, the comfort aspect is why most people, whenever, whenever we should be running, they're actually walking. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I'll just say like a quick prayer out the door. And just like they're, or I'm sorry, I said the backwards. So whenever they should be, whenever they should be running, they're having like a walker's mentality. And then whenever we should be walking in the things of God and, and walking in God's presence, they're actually just like running right through it. They're just like, oh, okay, I'll just say like a really quick prayer throughout the door as I go out the door. Or the you know, first one in the church, last one out. When we should be, you know, walking with God. Walking implies intimacy. You know, there should be a walk in to run. A walk is like, okay, when it's, when it's time for me to be here in God's presence, or I'm, I'm gonna take it slow. If you wanna get to know your wife, you don't go on a run with her, you're gonna walk. You know, the Bible talks about our walk, but in terms of our zeal and passion, it, it refers to it as running. It's a running. So I'm, I'm, I'm staying in church. You know, it's I'm gonna do the hard thing to make it happen. It's like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to not go to Texas Roadhouse at 1230. Then do it. Do it. Stay. Stay in the presence of God. That was happening. Something so special during the revival services is like that we had with Evangelist Tim Hall a few weeks ago. People weren't wanting to leave. They were just staying here. He was like, hey, you guys can go. Nah. You know, just staying. Staying in the presence of God. Walking. But in terms of our zeal and energy and passion, it's a run. It's a run. So we have this flesh element. Paul, he says, you know, I discipline my body. I'm, I'm, I'm over, I'm not getting comfortable. It's too, it, you know, the flesh wants to be comfortable. So we, it takes discipline to push past that discomfort and pain. And, you know, if, and if, you're, if you're comfortable, then it's because you're not running. You know, if you don't feel any discomfort, that should, that's like a warning sign. Oh, crap, I got to pick up the pace, you know. So we have the flesh element, but then th- there's a spiritual element in this. That all, all the forces of hell are lined against you to prevent you from making unusual spiritual progress. Satan, you know, we have our flesh element, but that's only one side of the coin. It's not just, oh, I'm tired, so I can't. No, it's, 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 it's Satan coming against the people of God to prevent them from pressing in deeper to actually sing. You know, if he can't destroy us, he'll just make us be a bunch of walkers and never do anything for the Lord. Satan, all the forces of hell are lined against us to destroy us. This is spiritual. Look with me at Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. It says, for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is spiritual. So there's a flesh element, sure, but it's a spirit war that we're fighting. So it's no coincidence that it's, it's nothing to just stay up till 1 a.m. To, to like watch Netflix and movies and eat popcorn. That's like, you could do that all day. You could do that every night of the week. But then... Going to like a, a midnight prayer session, you know, praying till midnight or an all night prayer. It sounds like someone pushes you down the stairs. You know, it feels like falling down a flight of stairs. Or have you ever noticed? It's like, it's very easy to be able to talk to people about all the new things in our lives. Oh, I got a new car. Yeah, you should check out these features. Hey, look, I got a new phone. And then you go to, 
You go out to like tell someone about Jesus and all of a sudden you feel all the apprehension and fear and tension that you've ever felt. Like you're storming the beaches of Normandy. Well, it's because we are. We are storming the beaches of Normandy spiritually. There's a spiritual battle that's taking place. Things that we can't actually perceive in the natural realm that we have to be willing to push through and get zeal and passion and a spiritual tenacity about us to say, I'm not, I'm, I'm not playing games. I'm going for the things of God. I'm going for the things of God. Revelation 12, verse 20, it says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. You know, Satan, our adversary, the Bible says, he's filled with a passionate fury against you. We can make this all like, oh, he's filled with fury against people. No, you. You. He's filled with fury against you. So you have an enemy that's showing up at your door, showing up in your home, showing up. I'm not speaking. I'm just saying he's coming against you with a 10 out of 10 passion and zeal to destroy you with a 10 out of 10. And so if we have a walker mentality, like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just really loving this church. No, I'm just, I'm just, you know, if we have a five out of 10, if we have a seven out of 10 tenacity, we're going to get destroyed. We're going to get destroyed. We're going to get overran. There's a reason why in the military and in the police force, they show up, everybody get on the ground, you know, because if they go in, just like, hey, everybody. And if they have a higher level of tenacity, they're going to die. They're going to die. They've got a responsibility to themselves, their wives, their families to go in with a, with a 10 out of 10. And it's the same with us. We've got a responsibility not to walk, not to just, oh, I guess I'm going to sit and be in church today. No, to put forth all my heart, all my soul, all my mind into pursuing the things of God. We can't afford to be walkers. We can't afford to, to just play the games of church anymore. No, we've got a, 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 a devil. I'm going to say it. An adversary, the devil, who's come against us. We need spiritual tenacity. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I love this scripture, probably one of my most favorite scriptures, quickly becoming one of my most favorite. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. That means those who get the things of God pursue it with violence. Those who get anointed, pursue with violence. Those who have a happy marriage, pursue with violence. Those who see people get saved, pursue it with a tenacity and a violence. Satan is showing up with a 10 out of 10. We're showing up with a 20 out of 10, with a 200 out of 10, with a violence that says, I'm not going back. I'm done playing games. I'm going for Jesus with, every, with everything that I have, with everything that I have. You know, just, just a few years ago, we had in our church, a, a, like a theme, if you will, called whatever it takes, whatever it takes, <clears throat> whatever it takes. It wasn't just a good idea. That was a necessity. That was, that was really the epitome of what it means to be a Christian. Whatever it takes. That wasn't just with our money. You know, that was around the, 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 the time of coming in here. That wasn't just like a money thing. Well, I gave, I did whatever it takes. No, no, no. That's an everything thing. That is a with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. And it wasn't just for a time. It's for right now. It's for right now, whatever it takes. And so we're living that out. That's why we're praying on Fridays. You know, we're, we, we're in this to win this as a church. It's why, we, uh, you know, P P Pastor Luke and the elders brought on 
Pastor David, wherever he is, to soul win. We're going after this thing. We're going, we're going to see West Virginia shaken by the power of God. We're going to see our community completely transformed. We're going to see Jesus back in the schools, the students getting saved, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people getting healed and set free in the schools. We're going to see it in Jesus' name. We're going after it with everything that we have, whatever it takes. That wasn't just a series. That's who we are as people of Center Branch Church. We do whatever it takes to see the to see revival happen, whatever it takes. You know, pe people, will talk, people will talk about pace whenever you start talking about running. They're like, well, you gotta pace yourselves. You gotta pace yourselves. And you know, that's a good idea whenever you're speaking like toward running, but that's not true spiritually. Number one, because the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, he didn't say, pace yourselves. He said, run to win. Run to win. And then you actually never see that play out. You know, people who pace themselves, they're dead. I, I, they're dead. There are people I don't want to be like, oh, you better be careful fasting. Shut up. You know. No, I'm serious. Like, you, I don't, you know. Oh, well, you know what? You, are you really going to go to church again? You were there like Sunday. You were there Wednesday. You're really going to show up and pray on Friday? Yo, you better pace yourself. No, we're running. We're running for the things of God. We're going for it. And I've made up my mind. You know, people like that can just have their nice little walk and enjoy the birds of Christianity, but I'm going for it. I'm going to be like David because as soon as you start to live like that, Satan will send people out of the woodwork to discourage you and to tell you, ah, you're just arrogant. Just like David, whenever he went to kill Goliath, they were like, hey, you, you know, he was like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And then people, his, bro, his own brothers found out and they're like, ah, you're just arrogant. You're just selfish. And Satan will send people, send, will send people like that into your life. But no, actually you're dead and I'm alive and I'm going forward. I'm going to, I'm going to be like David and I'm going to kill the giants. I'm going to be like David and be like a man after God's own heart. I'm going to be like Daniel that was willing to pray. They said, Hey, you can't pray. You had to pray to the statue. No, I'm going to go pray. And he went and prayed no matter what the cost is. Like Esther, they said, Hey, you can't go in there to see the King. You're going to die. She says, I was made for such a time as this. I'm going to be like Jacob that whenever he says, you know, he's wrestling with God and he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. This is the mentality that we're going to have as a church in Jesus mighty name that we're going to be people that pursue God with everything that we've got. Come on. Why don't you stand to your feet right now and just tell the Lord, God, here I am. Send me God. Here I am. Send me. We're not, you know, maybe we weren't playing games before, but we're going at it with a greater level of intensity than we ever had before. Come on, raise your hands, open your mouth and just tell God, use me, stir me, Jesus, give me an anointing, a breakthrough anointing today, God, to pursue you with a greater level of tenacity than I ever had before. God, I don't want to stay the same. God, I don't want to play church. God, I'm done with how my marriage and my life and my family and whatever is going. God, I'm going to pursue you with everything that I have. If that's you, just give the Lord a big shout of praise. In Jesus' mighty name. You can have a seat for just a few more minutes. You know, the revival services that we had a few weeks ago, that wasn't the end. That was just the beginning. That was just the beginning of what God wants to do. And I was praying after those meetings and I was saying, oh yeah, revival's coming, revival's coming. And I was spending some time in prayer and God was like, revival's not coming, God, revival's here. Revival's here. It's, a, it's, it's, it's something to be latched onto. 
an impartation happened during that week of meetings with evangelist Tim Hall. Tim Hall. Revival is here. The Holy Spirit is here. He was sent. He's been sent. Jesus sent him. He's here. So he's here to latch on to and to be revived. But I felt God give me an analogy of a train. He says, the train's at the station. The train of revival is at the station. And he says, I'm saying, all aboard, all aboard. Whoever's willing, whoever's willing to run, all aboard. And I said, God, I'm, I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to pick up the pace. I'm going to go faster. I'm going to go harder. I'm going to pick up the pace. So how, how do we pick up the pace this morning? I want to give you just a few things to think through. I'm going to read through these rather quickly. But take notes, write them down as much as you can. And, and if you're wondering how hard you're running and if, how to run harder, you've first got to know how hard you're running. If you want to run harder and faster, first take an assessment of how fast you are currently running. And so think through these things. How, how is your reading the Bible on a daily basis? Are you a one out of 10 or a 10 out of 10? Praying on a daily basis, sharing your belief in Jesus, are you involved in a mentor-mentee relationship? And that's so important. As a spiritual thing, I think a lot of times get, gets looked over. The young people think they know everything, and the old people think it's past their time. That's a disaster. You know, we need, we, we need the young people pursuing wisdom and knowledge in the old people, and the older people not having a mentality that says, well, I did my time. No, actually, you're in the, you're in the age of impartation to pass things down to the next generation. And they're actually going to suffer unless you take up your responsibility as an older person and impart into them. So how are you involved in mentor-mentee relationships? Are you serving on a dream team? You know, well, uh, well, I'm listed on the dream team. Are you serving? Are you serving? What about your family devotion time? Dads, dads, are you leading your home in family devotion time? Fasting throughout the year. You know, we have a, a, a yearly fast in January, but that we should be fasting regularly. Jesus says when you fast, not just when you fast in January. Attending church weekly. You know, attending church weekly. Where are you at? Reading books and podcasts and growing. Tithing. Where, where are you? Rate yourself, you know? Rate yourself. Take it seriously. Rate yourself. I'm... Uh, if you're a five, God, in Jesus' name, I'm going to be a seven by next week. I'm going to be a 10 by the end of the year. In Jesus' name. Let's push it in Jesus' name. Pick up the pace in Jesus' name. So we've got to pick up the pace, but then the Bible is very clear that there's things that can actually be aligned against us, specific things that can prevent us from running hard and running the race like we ought to. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, if you would turn there with me. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses, you know, the Jacobs and the Davids and the Esthers and the Deborahs, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses who ran with everything that they have, you can read the, the faith chapter right before in a list, person after person that gave everything for the kingdom of God. Not just one week, a sun, not just one Sunday a week, everything for every day, every minute of every day. Since we're surrounded by crowd of witnesses like that, let us strip off every weight that slows us down 
in the sin that so easily trips us up and let's run with endurance the race God has set before us. So he has two things that he lists here. He says the weight, the weight that slows us down and the sin, as one translation says, that so easily entangles. I'm gonna ask Rodney if you would come. We're gonna just try to illustrate this quickly this morning. The weight, the weight. This is a CrossFit vest. Uh, it's 25 pounds, which doesn't sound like a lot, but then whenever they handed it to me this morning, I was like, oh my gosh. You know, They wear these things uh, to, to train with. Uh, if you can go ahead and put it on. Actually, no, go ahead and do a push-up without it on. They wear these things to train with because it makes it harder. So doing this, uh, just a nice push-up without any weight, it's hard, you know, it's difficult. There's training that even is involved in that. But then you go and add a weight on you. Now let's see if he can do a push-up. There he goes. <laughs> Whenever we were doing this up in, the, uh, up in my office before service, he was like, oh my gosh, that's so much harder. You know, uh, 25 pounds is, doesn't sound like a lot of weight, but then you go and add it and you're trying to run your race and it's, it affects you. So why, if we're running our race, would, would we want to wear a weight? Okay, you know, for CrossFitters, they do it when they're training, but when you're running the race, you take that thing off. You wanna be able to run as fast as you can and as hard as you can. So why is it that people have weights? Paul, they clearly have weights, Paul's saying it. They're weighted down, well, why? Well, that's the work of Satan. That's the work of Satan. And it makes them think they have weights on them that they are gonna have to live with that oh, this is just how life is gonna have to be or make them even think that it's not a weight when really it is. So you have insecurity, the weight of insecurity. You know, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm not good enough. I, you know, I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. I'm not really anointed enough. I, I didn't go to, to school for that. I, you know, I don't have the money. And it just like weighs on people. Insecurity, depression and anxiety, a weight a weight that weighs people down. Failure is a weight. Suicidal thoughts, a weight. You can have friends that are actually weights in your life that weigh you down, just make it hard for you to make any progress in, in the things of God. So Paul says, strip it off, strip it off. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Sickness is a weight. Don't believe for one second that God has orchestrated sickness in your life to teach you something. That's not of God. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So it links sickness with the devil, healing all, sickness with the devil, and that Jesus was undoing that. So if sickness would be of God to teach people something, then Jesus went around undoing the work of God in people's lives. Sickness isn't of God, it's a weight. So Jesus is here this morning to set you free. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, it says that the anointing would destroy the yoke. The anointing would destroy the weight. Here in just a few minutes, you can get that rope ready. Here in just a few minutes, we're gonna pray for those who have weights on them. The weight isn't meant to be on you. The weight is meant to be on the ground. 
you're meant to run. Don't have anything on you, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, insecurity, sickness. Let's get, let's get the weights off this morning. And so if that's you, we're gonna invite you forward in just a few minutes to lay hands on you and pray for you and believe for the power of God to strip off that weight that's on your shoulders. So weight is one thing, but the other thing he mentions is sin. The sin that so easily entangles. So you can imagine me being entangled in this a little bit more. So a weight will slow you down and prevents you from running as fast and as hard as you can. It makes it harder, but you can still move forward. You can still live with it, per se. And Satan will make you think that. But sin, it doesn't just weigh us down, it entangles us. So now, and if Satan is pulling the strings of sin, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm not going anywhere. And you actually will see a little bit of movement. You, you know, you'll be able to go maybe this way, a little bit like this. You'll have some activity in your life, but you won't be able to move in the direction that you're supposed to go. You won't be able to move. And so Paul says, strip off the, the sin. Thank you, Rodney. Strip off the sin. Strip off the sin. However Satan has entangled us this morning, it's time. I'm getting rid of this thing once and for all. And because Satan don't play the tricks on us and say, well, you know what? It's just, it's just lust. It's just pornography. It's just lying a few times. It's ju I just get drunk every now and then. No, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's, it's an entanglement that's meant to keep you from running in the direction that you're supposed to go. You might see a little bit of activity, but God has so much more for your life. He's got so much more. You've got a purpose of God on your life, not to be entangled in things that hold you back, but to run and to run hard. You know, whenever Jesus calls people, in the, you can read it in Mark chapter one even. When he calls people to follow him, he didn't just say, hey, come follow me. And you just love me. Just read the Bible and fast and just like do all these things, do all the things. Jesus, when he, every call to follow Jesus is a call to follow purpose. Whenever he called them to follow him, he said, come follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. He gave him a purpose, an assignment. You've got to get set free of the entanglements of sin because you've got an assignment of God on your life. You've got a purpose to live out. A great thing in God. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.